0: You just abandon any precaution. You know, folks, something could happen here. And if it does, so what?
1: Hey, friends. Welcome to Nathan for Us and Nathan for You podcast. My name is Kelly. And hi, I'm Megan. Today, we are covering a very infamous episode of Nathan for You, episode 5 of season 3, Smokers Allowed. Woo! This is uh, definitely one of my favorites. I feel like this has a lot of the classic tropes we see in a lot of episodes, with kind of like finding a loophole, you know, we have Nathan going out to recruit people to come see the show. there's a lot to get into today. A classic auditions montage. Classic auditions montage. (laughs) Got some IMDb's to go over. (laughs) Mm. So uh, let's not waste too much time here. Let's talk about the 1881 Club in Pasadena, California. So we're introduced to this place and Nathan kind of talks about the fact that a lot of places have made it very difficult to be a smoker in America because now you can only smoke outside However, some proprietors like Ellen Sanser, who's the owner of the 1881 club, feel that people should be able to smoke inside because otherwise her profits are going to plummet.
0: Yeah. Ellen said her business went down by half after smoking wasn't allowed inside. Um, I would I would want to fact check that.
1: Yeah. Was she like quizzing people? Like, yeah, I'm I don't know. Get Snopes on this one. Plus, I feel like if people are smoking, they're not drinking as much. I could be wrong. That's a good point. I've never really thought about that. I wonder if there's a correlation. I haven't done a deep dive,
0: nor have I ever smoked a cigarette. Never, ever? Not a cigarette, no.
1: Wow,
0: that's kind of impressive. I don't know. I feel like I'm, and you are the same generation, but it's like everyone knows that they're not healthy. You know, I'm not judging anybody else's lifestyle, but I just have never seen the merit of it true
1: so that's all to say look cool god damn it
0: no one told me that before
1: (laughs) this is a pro or no this is an anti-smoking podcast but we are a pro looking cool podcast pro looking cool and we're pro smoking not cigarettes i guess i don't know Oh, spicy.
0: We are in Canada. Yes. Um, So such things are allowed here. Now, this is all to say that I am highly (laughs) unqualified to state that my assumption is that if you had a cigarette, you would drink less because you're already, like, doing an activity. Your mouth is occupied. Yeah.
1: And I feel like the smoking would make the drinks taste worse and like smoking, kinda, no and like smoking kind of gives you like a weird buzz so like i feel like wouldn't that make you drink less because you'd be drunker faster i don't think we are the right people <laughs> to answer we these we needed questions. a guest this
0: week clearly yeah <laughs> yeah do you know any aggressive smokers <laughs> i don't oh think God. i know anyone who smokes cigarettes to be honest. I
1: I know like a very small, you know, one person. Do I? Yeah.
0: Whisper it to me.
1: (laughs) A person that we were friends with for a long time. Were friends with? Who have we cut out of our lives? (laughs) I'll tell you off mic. So I have a question for you that was yes. posed in this episode, which is should smokers be treated better than the rest of us because they will die young? Um,
0: <laughs> uh, I mean, this is a tricky territory. I would say no. Um, but I also wonder how, like, what is the proposal? Like Nathan saying, Oh, they should be allowed to smoke inside. They should be treated as equal, if not better. Uh, the non-smokers, because they have a lower life expectancy, but other than letting people smoke inside, how would you go about treating them better?
1: Yeah, do they just get like bumped up to first class every time they fly? Like, I'm I'm curious as well, what, what else he would think of. Yeah, so am I for it? No.
0: Like, I, I don't know what the suggestion would be as to how to treat them better. You know, if it doesn't really affect me, then it's probably fine. You could also
1: just say like, oh, I totally smoke.
0: I love I love me that cigarette.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I realize now that maybe like my pinnacle of like being treated better is that you get bumped up to first class every time you take a plane, which is like a little bit sad.
0: No, that's pretty nice. Have we discussed on the podcast when Connor got bumped up and he left me?
1: I think vaguely, but you I can always I talk love. about it again. Because I'm on Connor's side with that. I would, if Colin couldn't come up to first class, I would leave his ass in economy.
0: Okay, very quickly, we go to fly. No, we've totally talked about this before, but we go to fly. Connor is offered first class. And I am stuck between two middle-aged men. Oh, wait. Uh, it's
1: always who you're stuck between
0: is a living nightmare and um I'm fine if he wants to go to first class you know quite frankly if he asked me he should take that opportunity but the ticket guy was like you know the move was to let her have the ticket and Connor's (laughs) like ah too late now
1: (laughs) the real question though is like did he take take up first class perks you know like they offer you free drinks and stuff like did he at least have two free drinks when he was up there He had free drinks, he had pad thai, he had
0: um, cheesecake, he had all sorts of stuff. He did bring me the cheesecake.
1: Okay, so he at least did get, like, the best part of first class.
0: Yeah, he got the nice food, he got a big seat, uh, there was, like, a little desk beside him. Ooh, Mm -hmm.
1: sometimes you get bumped to economy plus, which I also don't mind, because you get, like, extra leg room. That's like my happy in-between. I'm like, if I get bumped to economy plus, it's going to be a good flight. But if I get bumped to first class, like, it's going to be a great flight.
0: Now, you have not taken advantage of when you got engaged. N- not yeah. nearly enough, um, which is, <laughs> quite frankly, the only reason you should get engaged. Um, is to flaunt that you just got engaged to airlines, restaurants, concerts. Like, whoever will listen, like... Colin should be popping that question again oh we just got engaged oh let me move you up like for someone who whose definition of getting treated better is getting bumped up to first class you have not tried very hard to make this happen with like the most
1: obvious thing you can do I'll do it when we have our wedding next year I'll definitely be like oh we're on our honeymoon like constantly okay I'll make yeah. you a button that says on my honeymoon. <laughs> Give me free shit. <laughs> accepting
0: <laughs> all free things.
1: <laughs> okay, so we basically see this discussion talking about how Nathan feels that, yeah, smokers should be treated better than the rest of us because they're going to die young. And I notice at this point, we do our normal little like sketch of what Nathan's proposing. And in the sketch, there's a sign behind the bar that says no hippies. And I didn't notice if that was in the bar in real life or not, but I just thought that that was like a very pointed thing. I'm like, did does Ellen hate hippies? Like, I don't. She seems like she would get along with hippies. Yeah, not to say I know a
0: lot about hippies, but my impression of them is that they are pro smoking. So you think at least smoking pot? Yeah, my mom. That's a great joke. Yeah, best buds. Um, my mom was definitely a hippie. Uh, Yeah, And I know this because of how many years in a row I was a hippie for Halloween because she (laughs) happened to have the clothes for it. Just casually. (laughs) Yeah, casually.
1: So Nathan proposes to Ellen that they should just add a small audience to a section of the bar. And then if they do that, they can essentially use this loophole, which allows smoking to happen inside as long as it's an integral part of a theater production. So essentially, you know, They're going to make the bar a theater, and then because of that, the people in the bar are allowed to smoke because they're the performers. So he calls it, like, a free-form play, and they're going to put up signs and stuff to tell everyone that this is what's happening.
0: This should have been the full idea, and they should have just kept doing this (laughs) until they got
1: caught, right? (laughs) This is the move. It seemed to work. It did seem to work, and I'm just, like... What Were people, like, that excited about it? I guess people showed up, which we'll get into. Oh,
0: yeah. Nathan was on the ground floor telling his smoking buds, blending in (laughs) to the smoker's crowd, hitting up other bars. You bring that kid Connor back. You get him on the streets telling people that there's, like, a new bar. You hire a few other people. This is the move to just spread word. You know, they did it for one night. You spend a few more nights doing this exact thing. You still have the theatrical performance. You still have two different people sitting there every night. They seem to like it for whatever reason. (laughs) We'll get into that. They're like, this was amazing. And I'm like, you are on camera. (laughs) You have been swayed. (laughs) But this was the move to just keep doing it. And if they spread word, perhaps a cop might have come in and like, maybe that would have been an issue, but it seems solid. By all appearances,
1: yeah. So when we see Nathan, he goes out and does this thing that we're very accustomed to seeing him do, where he kind of like is on the ground doing some field marketing, you know, grabbing people. Guerrilla marketing. Guerrilla marketing. <laughs> he's he's his own wild. St- he's his own street team. Yeah. Um. So he's rolling out to bars, and when he tells people, like, "Yeah, there's this bar you can smoke inside," people are like, "Oh, like, what did they find some loophole?" And he says, "Yeah, theater law." Which I'm like, I don't think this is like a full branch of law, but maybe <laughs> I I'm wrong. To, like tilt
0: his rimmed hat and like snap and be like yeah. <laughs> theater law.
1: <laughs> so Nathan does talk to a bunch of people, and he he is kind of awkwardly smoking with them while this is going down.
0: I wish that he, like, tried to smoke, like, snort it through, like, his nose or something. (laughs) Like, something where it's, like, very obvious he has not smoked and, like, starts coughing a bunch
1: or something like that. Or, like, it's a fake cigarette. That would have been good. Like, one of those, like, candles that you can't blow out, but it's, like, a cigarette that cannot be lit. That would have been fun. Yeah, or there's, like, a little stream of smoke just coming from (laughs) the end, but it's, like, clearly plastic or something. That would have been incredible. So he is able to get a bunch of people to come into the bar and he kind of also realizes, okay, we're going to have to find an audience. So they, they recruit two women who are in the theater district by telling them to come see this exciting new play. And I just am like, how many red flags are going off when you walk into this bar and it, there's literally two seats? It's terrifying. Um, it's called
0: exclusive. <laughs> I'd be honored. I'd be like, oh, for moi.
1: I I wonder if they got, like, free drinks for this, too. Because, like, wow.
0: No, they got got to smoke inside if they wanted. (laughs) I don't think these two
1: women wanted to smoke. It didn't seem like it. We don't know if they asked. That's true. I also feel like we should um, explain to people who, if they haven't watched the episode in a bit... Nathan literally installs, like, those red theater curtains around this tiny, like, box where the two women are sitting so that he can come and, like, introduce the play, which is very funny. But obviously, like, nothing is blocking out the sound. So they can hear all the people in the bar doing bar stuff while they're, like, sitting, waiting for the, quote, play to start. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: And so they watch for, what was it, two and a half hours? of just yeah, people I, drinking and smoking in a bar.
1: Yeah, I think I think 120 minutes is what I have written down. Oof, too many minutes. And yeah. Oh and no, Nathan, sorry. 1 hour and 20 minutes. That's a lot more reasonable. <laughs>
0: okay. Yeah. So, Nathan walks over to them. He closes the curtains and kind of announces that the play is over. And then he starts like clapping so that they follow along and start clapping as well, which was very funny
1: yeah and we hear a little bit more from the audience members they kind of enjoyed it you know they're like oh there was nothing happening but it was also very profound
0: yeah she says it's so funny because it's like so nothing but in a way incredibly profound and I was like
1: it was it." <laughs> so she says it reminded her of Sam Shepard so I was like well I gotta look this up like who is Sam Shepard Um, So apparently it's an American actor and playwright, and according to Wikipedia, he's known for writing bleak, poetic, surrealistic elements, black comedy, and rootless characters living on the outskirts of American society. Which I feel like, if I were in Smokers Aloud, that's kind of offensive to be called, like, oh, characters living on the outskirts of American society. They are. They're on the outskirts of the law. They are. Yes. And we know they're going to die younger. So. Oof. <laughs> but yeah, if anyone wants to check out Sports Sam Shepard, he has some interestingly titled plays such as Curse of the Starving Class, Cowboy Mouth, and Geography of a Horse Dreamer. Cowboy Mouth? Cowboy Mouth.
0: <laughs> Whoa. <laughs>
1: Whoa. I no thought Shane was going
0: to. I thought you were going
1: to pull out the guess which one of these is fake. Uh, I should have done that. No <laughs> no shade. I'm sure Sam Shepard is great. Apparently, he's very talented and has won lots of awards. So It makes me wonder um, what category
0: his plays are in.
1: Yeah. Slice like of life, adult, I would imagine.
0: I meant like the adult entertainment
1: variety. Oh, <laughs> I don't think they're
0: adult entertainment. Sorry, repeat those titles and tell me they're not. <laughs> Cowboy
1: mouth. Uh oh, I don't want to know about that one. Google cowboy mouth and tell me what comes up. Are you telling me geography of a horse dreamer sounds like adult entertainment? I don't know. Maybe if it was dolphins, as we. Oh my God. Megan and I have long discussed uh, the human and dolphin love affairs that happen.
0: Okay. Now, just to clarify, we saw like a trailer for a documentary that was about like a man that fell in love with a dolphin in like university. And we're like, whoa, this is super weird. We should watch this. Couldn't find it. And it's been like, what, eight years? I still like I didn't try to find it recently. But so we've never actually seen this film but just thinking of the trailer
1: is overwhelming. <laughs> like, I'm just so concerned for this man who fell in love with a dolphin. And this is, like, a, a thing. Like, it's not just this one guy. It's, like, a phenomena. Like, many people have said that they fell in love with a dolphin. More, more than him. Now, he said he
0: had actual physical sex with a dolphin. Yes. Multiple people.
1: I think there was a couple other people who said the same thing. I think it also, like... We can get into this another time, maybe. If anyone wants to hear a podcast about the dolphin sex thing, we'll try and find it. I just have no words
0: for, (laughs) like, if I ever met this man, I would just have so many, like, the word just why is the only thing I could, like, bring myself to say to him.
1: Megan, never give up on love.
0: (laughs) I I didn't with humans. <laughs> it's not a concern of mine. Oh my goodness!
1: Okay, so back to Nathan.
0: Somehow. after the after how
1: the did thing. we get here? <laughs> how did we get anywhere? Cowboy, cowboy mouth. Cowboy mouth. <laughs> After hearing that the women like the play, Nathan's kind of like, okay, well, this can be another revenue stream for the 1881 Club. So he decides he should set up a meeting with Jeanette Farr, who's the chair of the theater department for Glendale Community College. I mean, I don't hate this plan. Like, I'm kind of into the idea of, like, going to a bar and having a drink and watching some theater. Um, We can talk about how he jacks up the prices later. But up until this, I'm kind of like with Nathan. Well, Okay.
0: He seems to think that like this specific night in particular was like the peak of excitement. And I think that the actual move is to do this for like a few weeks and see if like an actual exciting night happens because like the climax of this play was one guy showing off his skateboard deck while a three person selfie takes place. And I would say I do not agree that that is the pinnacle of this play. Uh, We can discuss it now or later, but that simply was not the peak.
1: Yeah. I I think he was mistaken as well, but so uh, Jeanette does seem to feel that there's some merit to this. She's like, Hey, it's like a slice of life. Um, All the ingredients of a hit player here, according to Nathan. Yeah. Too many people are
0: patting this idea on the back, (laughs) quite frankly.
1: Well, so she compares it to the work of John Patrick Shanley, who this is a person that I do know because he won the Academy Award for writing the movie Moonstruck in 1987, which is a romantic comedy that that the two leads are Cher and Nicolas Cage. So, oh.
0: <laughs> whoa, I cannot picture them being romantic uh, leads together.
1: It's a great movie.
0: I can't picture them holding hands or, like, even being in the same room together.
1: I can't remember if Nicolas Cage is, like, her love interest. But, like, it's actually a very funny movie. Highly recommend Moonstruck if you have not seen it. It's a 10 out of 10 film. So with this encouragement, we see that Nathan's like, all right, we're going to do this. And he's like, I need to recast everyone who was at the bar that night. So... He goes out, he actually has someone transcribe the entire thing, or a team of three transcribers. Yeah, he has a whole actually. team
0: that he offers apple juice to, and no one is interested at all.
1: I think the one guy at the end took some. Oh, did he? It seemed like he was like more into it than the, the other two. But yeah, so he has a team of people transcribe the play, which when we see the full play later, it is it is girthy. It is a large binder. (laughs) Like, I feel bad for them. (laughs) Um, I hope they got paid well. And he also is like, okay, I'm going to need to cast for every single person who was there that night. So he puts up some ads, I believe, probably on Craigslist, but maybe not. These actors did seem to be pretty good, actually. Um, And I have one note that talks about the fact that he had written low pay but high emotional reward on the posting now blowing up
0: each character felt very like clue to me (laughs) like sticking them on a cork board to cast them which i thought was very fun we get a lovely little audition montage with people just saying like the bare minimum um like everyone's lines are just like very basic. It's very funny to watch people get cast. And probably the highlight was Nathan has the bartender and owner of the bar, Ellen, audition to play herself. And while he says she does a good job, he also decides to interview someone else for the position who does an excellent job reading, quite frankly.
1: To be fair, so the actress's name is uh, Amy. Amy. Amy does do a great job.
0: Amy followed us on Twitter for like a hot second.
1: <laughs> Amy is kind of a big deal. Um, I don't know if we want to talk about IMDb now or later, but Ooh, you uh, could, I would do it now. She's in a lot of stuff. So obviously, she was in this episode. She was in the movie The Nice Guys, she played a nun. Um, she was in a bunch of random TV shows, but she was in the movie Mank uncredited but still that's kind of fun
0: yeah i mean i thought she did a very good job considering how few lines she had she seemed to fit the part quite well and you know everyone that they cast i thought did a perfectly fine job
1: yeah yeah for sure i i was impressed by these actors i thought they were better than most of most of what we see which um we'll talk about victoria after but She actually talks a lot about the process of how this happened in real time on Twitter. She had like a really long thread about it that we can kind of share with the audience.
0: Yeah, that sounds good. Now, I would like to discuss for a minute the actual, you know, star line of the evening. And it is actually said by Victoria. Can you guess what that line is? (laughs) Is it, I love you. It is not.
1: No. (laughs) I walked right into it.
0: (laughs) It was a trap. (laughs) No, and I didn't realize this the first time that um, I watched it, but (laughs) this this is transcribed from the actual people who were at the bar that night just, like, living their life. And this woman dead ass says, I want to, like, personally give your daughter a sibling. (laughs) What? (laughs) Imagine if someone said that to you. I want to personally give your daughter a sibling. That's a weird way to
1: phrase it.
0: That's such a weird thing to say to another human being. I want to personally give your daughter a sibling. Like, whoa. How do you personally give someone a sibling? Is that a real question? (laughs) No. (laughs) Yeah, the full line is, I'd want to, like, personally give your daughter a sibling. Now, I know she'd be like, Dad, I would love to do that for her. And then they go, I love you. I love you, too. Like, this is the conversation that they were having. (laughs) Like, what? That's such a weird way to say that. What the fuck?
1: (laughs) I'm so curious if that is what actually happened or if this is like a Nathan for you producer shoved this in here, but it does feel too weird to be fake.
0: I also think if a producer was like, hey, we got to have this line in there, that would be the line that they focus on because they really focus on Victoria and this man having good chemistry and focused on saying I love you and making their relationship seem authentic but like they are currently planning on having another child together some for some reason while like smoking at a bar
1: (laughs) oh lord yeah these people living fast and loose sneaking into
0: an indoor bar to smoke they're like
1: yes (laughs) let's have kids immediately yes (laughs) yes so then we see of course a scene that i'm sure any fan of nathan for you has seen a hundred memes of where Nathan basically says, like, I want this to be, like, a real connection. I'm not getting that sense, so let's try and exercise. So Nathan goes and sits in on the scene with Victoria and has her repeatedly say, I love you, because, you know, he doesn't believe her. And then finally, finally after, by my count, 12 times. Ah, I had 11. uh, (laughs) (laughs) yeah um 12 times then he says okay that felt real yeah I think
0: she was tired of saying it because she stops him and says you know you're tearing up to be like I think you're I think you're picking up what I'm putting down like you're really feeling the love I have
1: yeah so do we want to go through what Victoria has said about her time on the show yes hit me Okay, so Victoria Hogan is the actress's name, and back in 2019, essentially, a still from the show was going around of that scene, and she was tagged um, because someone was like, wait, is that your fiance? And then some guy was like, yeah, and then Victoria was like, okay, let me tell you what happened. So based on her account, she went to an audition and read a random script on tape. It was very weird, like, hey, Betty, you want some Coca-Cola? Sure, yum, tastes good. Hey, did your mom call you back? And then she said after that, they were like, good job. You did great. And she was like, okay, I don't know what that means. And then they immediately told her that she got the part and they were going to be rehearsing for a play. So crew was going to follow them around to capture the rehearsal. And she was told the director was shy and focused. So I don't know if we want to stop down and see uh, how do we feel about Nathan shy and focused? Do we think that's a good descriptor?
0: I think how he portrays himself during this scene was like a little shy and focused, I guess, but he did kind of jump in and want to help him participate. Yeah.
1: So she says then essentially they gave a, they gave her a script that was assigned to a phone book and they were like, can you memorize this whole thing by the next day? And she was like, sure. And then talking about the experience with Nathan herself itself she was rehearsing and then Nathan had said for context is going to be like a moving piece of performance art was the description that he gave and she said when they were doing the scene together she's like it didn't feel that weird like I have done tons of repetition exercises because like I studied at acting school so it didn't it's not weird to narrow down on one phrase and she's like at first he was giving me feedback and guidance then it became apparent maybe after the fourth time or so that that's not exactly what we were doing She's like, honestly, we were locking eyes. I was just so focused on trying to get tonality and emotion, maybe 10 times in or so. It was just sort of trance-like, and I could tell he was getting emotional, which made me feel emotional too. She started feeling empathy for him, which appeared to be a lonely, nice person. I couldn't tell if they were acting anymore. She's like, I didn't mind our scene turning into something else. It wasn't weird for me. I was just really worried for him. She's like, then we went back to rehearsing. So if nothing happened. On the day of the performance, he was running around trying to get everything right. He was super nice to everyone and really sweet. That's so nice to hear. Yeah. So it sounds like, because to me, when I watch the scene, it feels like she looks uncomfortable. And I was like, I feel bad for her. Like, you know, this is a lot to have him. Make her keep saying this phrase over and over again with Nathan sitting there, like almost crying. But it sounds like she didn't think it was weird at all, and that overall it was a good experience. So,
0: yeah, like uh, asking someone to say it 11 times, I think is pretty excessive. However, I have watched, like, even over quarantine, my friend uh, performed like a scene on Skype that I watched, and there was a director there giving notes. And he would, like, point to a certain line and have them, like, repeat it a few times and then go to different parts. So I think it is quite common. I do think it's incredibly bold to get handed that enormous, like, script and and say, can you have this memorized by tomorrow? I don't know if I'd have the balls to say yes.
1: it would be yeah. like, this
0: is a lot.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I will say, say so Victoria is in some other stuff as well. Lots of kind of random small parts she is in a movie that I love uh Jojo Rabbit hmm. she was an uncredited role in that film but very exciting because wow what a great movie all the movie recommendations today I
0: also have not seen that one
1: okay you should watch Jojo Rabbit before you watch Moonstruck <laughs> okay but so that's the infamous I love you scene We kind of then see that Nathan is going to go out and try and market the play a little bit. And I noticed that he utilized Jeanette's like slice of life descriptor a lot when he Mm -hmm. was explaining it to people, which I thought was fun. And he also brings in some extra seats to the show. So now there are seven seats available to watch Smokers Aloud. And they've created some merch. What did you think? Yes,
0: I mean, it was fine for what it was. I think it helped make... (laughs) The play feel alive i'd be interested to know if anybody out there owns the merch that's obviously some good uh props to own now um yeah yeah i think it it, it would be fun and it really made it feel like an actual play i think it was very clear that if anyone had walked in that time like they up the price of drinks to make it more realistic there's now seven seats and a big curtain There's merch involved. There's tickets. And Nathan did mention that the audience is mostly friends and family of the actors. But, you know, still people there. Uh, This audience was a little less forgiving than the first.
1: Yeah, they were not super stoked. I wonder also if it's because of the $27 beer and $18 wine, you know, not as much social lubricant available. So people were really nitpicking about the play. Um, Which you think it would be the opposite because a lot of these people know the
0: actors.
1: That's fair. But I mean, I could see it being really awkward if you go sit there and you think it's going to be like a whole play. And then it's like you're just watching this slice of life. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Yeah. Now, Nathan, or I guess on screen, the show shows half of the screen as the actual night out drinking and half of the screen as the bar play. And it shows just how perfect their timing was. They showed, you know, when people stood up and walked around the bar, they showed the timing to be the same. The iconic man looking at his skateboard (laughs) and showing it off to people while the three person selfie takes place happening in unison. And so it seems like they got the timing down, whether that was actually interesting or not is I guess different depending on which night you went on as it seems like the first night went over much better than the second. Yeah. I think people, um, the second night we're not interested in seeing it again.
1: Yeah. Maybe they just didn't get it, you know? Yeah.
0: Maybe <laughs> they knew how fake it was
1: cause they knew the actors. Oh, yeah. It didn't feel as real. Yeah, it wasn't as profound. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so the response is not good, but Nathan tells us it's a bona fide success, of course. Yes. When the play
0: ends, Nathan gives smoking facts and discourages smoking to the audience and to the actors uh, in front of Ellen, which was kind of funny. Um, And despite his thoughts that they should be treated like better citizens he did heavily discourage smoking
1: yes we we also feel the same so no smoking Smokers is allowed to listen but mm. <laughs> but you know think about what you're doing to your body <laughs> yes so we then see at the end Nathan asks Ellen what she thinks and, you know, if she's going to continue doing the play every night and she thinks it's very boring Um, and he's extremely heartbroken by this. So he does the only natural thing he can do. He brings in our friend, Amy, who played Ellen. She comes in and tells him that she loved it and that they're going to keep doing it at the bar. Yeah,
0: this was probably my favorite part of the episode um just the stark juxtaposition of ellen saying how much she disliked it saying she's not going to continue it um nathan appreciates her honesty but then the hired actress tells nathan how much she loves it and he says you know just mirroring back to victoria he's like say that again and she's like i loved it again i loved it and he you know, basks in the glory of his successful play that the bartender absolutely loved and wants to continue.
1: Yeah, I think my favorite part is when he's like, I know it's fake, but it's really good to hear. And then she goes, It's not fake. I loved it. I know. <laughs> oh, it's sad. Which,
0: when he clarified with um, Victoria earlier that it was just acting. She yes. said, yes, it, it was just acting. But yeah. here we get um, actress Ellen telling him that it was very genuine. Yeah.
1: And then at the end of the episode, we just see kind of an extended clip of the side by side of the two, the play and the quote unquote play from the first night. And it is it's very impressive what they were able to
0: to do. And apparently in a day, apparently they only had a day to work on the script if that timing is accurate.
1: Yeah, I guess like for most of the people, they just kind of have to sit at the bar and like there's a couple small movements that they had to do. Mm-hmm. But yeah, for the, you know, the, the guy doing the skateboard deck, uh, shumming it off and stuff mm-hmm. it was certainly great that he was able to get those movements correct.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I thought that they did a great job. Is it a play that I would have liked? Probably not. But maybe I would have grabbed some merch and had an overpriced beer. Yeah.
1: Actually, so there is a play in New York um, that I really want to go to that's, like, it's, like, called Immersive Theater um, or, like, Interactive Theater. It's called Sleep No More. And it's literally, like, in this weird old hotel. And it's, like, a retelling of Macbeth. But Mm -hmm. you, like, are walking through the hotel and the actors kind of just like act around you, so you can like go back and see this play like five or six times and have like a completely different experience every time because you go to like different rooms and stuff. So that's
0: very similar to that one Halloween event we went to.
1: Oh yeah, the mm-hmm. Twin Peaks themed one. Yes. Yeah. Hopefully, it's a little bit better organized, but yeah, that was very fun. I think it is because I believe. Um, I mean, they've been doing it for over 10 years now, but I think wow. it's a little a little more professional than the one we went to. Megan and I went to a Twin Peaks-themed, what we thought was going to be a murder mystery kind of interactive party. But um, first of all, we didn't really know Twin Peaks super well, which we thought would be fine, because it said that you didn't need to like be super familiar with the show. I have since watched all of Twin Peaks, and I'm obsessed mm. with it. But at the time, I hadn't really watched it. I don't think you had or Colin I I have had. not seen it. So we went to this party and it was essentially like a murder had happened and you were supposed to follow around the actors and find clues and stuff. But we didn't know it was like timed. So we finally like solved the mystery at a point by like teaming up with some other people and then when we went to go be like, we solved it. They were like, oh, we already did the last performance of like the final scene. And yeah. we had missed it by like five minutes or something stupid. They gave you a very short amount of time considering how like this
0: bar was packed and it was like yeah. multi-level and you had to be running down to these rooms and different people in your group had different clues. And I've planned like an interactive experience like this. But, like, we directed people in groups, like, which room to go to at what time so that you knew no one missed anything. It just requires a lot of timing. And when it's Halloween and everyone, like, is just roaming around and you want people to be able to go grab drinks whenever they want, it's a lot more difficult.
1: Yeah. Well, maybe someday someone will recreate Smokers Aloud as an interactive play. You can walk around and listen in on the conversations real close. You can smoke in a bar. <laughs> you can smoke while you're doing it.
0: But if anyone knows any fun interactive experiences in Toronto, definitely let us know.
1: Yeah, we've done the one at Black for what's it called? Black Creek Pioneer Village, right? Yep, Pioneer Village.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, that one was fun. Yeah, Pioneer Village does great ones. But yeah, we would love to hear about any ac- interactive things you've got going on. Maybe someday we'll plan one. Ooh, that would be very fun. Um do you know how the bar is doing today? So I do have an update on 1881 club, um, which is very interesting. And it looks like so a couple of things. I found an interview with Ellen on Reddit. Um, someone on the Nathan Free subreddit was able to chat with her before the episode originally premiered. And apparently that bar is the oldest bar in Pasadena which is pretty fun. Um, apparently the film company reached out to Ellen and um, they told her that it was a series for MTV. So that's kind of funny. I'm like, mm-hmm. imagine now telling someone that you were trying to book their bar for an MTV series. You would think it was like, Punk'd. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, um, what's the one that we like where you aren't allowed or where you're trying to find your perfect match.
0: Uh, are you the one?
1: Yeah. I would think it was that show so
0: good. I'd be like, yes, please come. Can I? Can I participate?
1: Um, she said that she didn't think she was being pranked at all during the filming. It was all like really serious, especially when she was told she didn't get a part in the play. And she said that he seemed truly devastated when uh, she said that they weren't going to be continuing with the play. So. Uh, But that's pretty fun. And a little information on the bar now. Apparently, it is slightly different than it used to be. Um, It used to be a dive bar slash pool hall. Now it's rebranded as a craft beer bar and cocktails bar. Ooh, that sounds very up our alley. Yeah, so we might actually want to go at some point. It does look pretty different, like the interior looks like they have maybe updated it, Um, but there does still seem to be some sort of little stage where it looks like they had originally set up the Smokers Allowed audience. They should definitely sell the Smokers Allowed merch at this bar. Yeah, and it looks like, so maybe it got sold around like 2019, it looks like. But they're still open. But they are still open, under new ownership. Hopefully Ellen's just, you know, chillin'. Maybe she
0: pursued an acting career after she didn't get this role. She was like, I need to go get a role.
1: Maybe that'd be exciting. I -hmm. will say a little bit of a bummer. Someone asked if they had karaoke and they said they don't do karaoke right now. Is that
0: a right now or a never?
1: Uh, I mean, it seems like a never they have an Irish, they have like live music a lot An Irish singer, a lively reggae band And a jazz combo. But there you go. That's uh, 1881 Club. Sounds like if you're into craft beer and cocktails, might be a fun place to go check out. And uh, let us know if they still sell the merch. Try to smoke inside the bar and see what happens. Oh my, maybe don't. (laughs) So mean. (laughs) The poor new owners. (laughs) They probably deal with that on the daily. (laughs) Uh, probably not that often but at least like once uh, every few months i'm sure
0: yeah what if there's a nathan for you fan what if the owners are a big nathan for you fan and they like just just smile every time it happens
1: they're like all right you can take a picture to make it look like you smoked in the bar how's that they should set up a little photo booth area yeah tell a stranger you love them yeah wow we should open a nathan for you themed bar here Oh, my God. That'd be so
0: fun and very Canadian. It'd be very weird. You must come dress as Corey, the hero.
1: Yeah. We'll set up um, an antique shop next door so that people can get drunk and go buy antiques. But there'll be free pizza.
0: Yeah. We'll have a magic show. Of course. Oh, man. (laughs) I wonder if anyone would come. Would it just be us? It would just be us, but that's Okay. (laughs) maybe nathan would come if if we like legitimately opened it called it um the bar for you (laughs) (laughs) it was full of like nathan references it will be fun
1: trademarked (laughs) a very niche audience the bar for you is a fun name though i do like the bar for you as a name I think that's kind of it for the episode. Um, Be sure to subscribe to our podcast. Leave us a five-star review. If you use Apple podcasts, it really helps us out.
0: Yes. If you don't like us, don't review us, but you can send (laughs) us a a cheeky message instead. You know, it'll cut a little deeper for us anyway. And then we'll promptly delete it and cry. (laughs) Hang it on my wall. In the pursuit to do better. Oh, no. I'll be like, I let this person down.
1: We'll just hire an actor who looks like the profile to send us a nice message that's like, I love your podcast. You guys are oh. great. Oh. <laughs> or hire people
0: to replace us to take the bad news. That would be cool, too. you like, I cannot emotionally carry this weight. Please go carry it for me. <laughs> <laughs> check us out on instagram and twitter at nathan for us pod we're on instagram you can check us out in the show notes if you want to creep on our personal lives kelly has a really cute dog <laughs> and this has been kelly and megan on your side